Hi, everybody. This is Alana with the Dealing with Donor Conception podcast, and I have a special guest for the podcast today. I'm so excited about this interview. Um, today, we're going to have Anna Saucier on the podcast, and I love Anna so much. She's been incredibly helpful to me, and we share the same values as far as um, natural family planning, and she's going to tell you what that is and in truly conquering infertility. And so, Anna, welcome to the show. Alana, thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. Well, you're a beautiful person, and I just can't do you justice enough. So I'm, and people are gonna discover that right now, um, all the good that you're doing. And so you're actually in Bali right now. Thailand. I know it changes fast. (laughs) You're always moving around. So you're there with your family and you're, you're traveling with a cohort of other families, right? Yeah, sort of. So the background to our lifestyle, our kind of crazy new lifestyle, we left California in June and decided we wanted to take our family on, some people call it long-term travel, or you also might call it Um, nomadism. So we're spending a few months here, a few months there in different countries and cultures while just still doing our regular jobs and living regular lives. That's that's so fun. That's just so fun. I bet the kids are going to get the best education possible. Yeah, it's, it's all about the education of adventure. And I mean, they're little right now. So I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And so I guess they're kind of, kind of grow up thinking this is normal. And actually it's funny. My four-year-old said the other day, he wanted to draw a picture for somebody back home in California. And he said, oh, he can put this up on his wall. And then when he goes to his new house, he can take it down and take it to his new house. Like everybody changes houses every two months, right? (laughs) Oh, that's, Oh, that's really sweet. That's really sweet. <laughs> so, um, so you've got two kids, and what are their names? Levon is four, and Maggie, our little, uh, she's Marguerite. We call her Maggie. Is two years, almost two years old. Oh, that's sweet. And um, how long have you been married? It'll be okay. Uh, right, I did think about this question. Uh, it'll be fourteen years in February. 14 years in February. Yeah. So that I married for 14 years. You got a four and a two year old. You, it took you a while before you were able to um, conceive your kids. Do you want to, I mean, that's kind yeah. of one of the reasons we're here to, to talk because I really want people to hear your story about what it, what it took to, to be able to welcome your kids into, into the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think like a lot of people, before this struggle of trying to have children, um, everything kind of came pretty easily, you know, and I've heard this from different people, um, who it just like school comes easily and the next job comes easily and those life goals and, you know, the, the right guy comes fairly easily those life things just sometimes tend to happen and we take them for granted that the next thing that is in the general order of what people do 
is also going to come naturally. And so, you know, we got married and we decided we want to wait a couple years to have kids. I inherited, when I got married, I inherited a stepson. So I also have an 18 year old stepson. He was four at the time. Yeah. Um, and so we decided you know, we wanted to just, we had him part-time, so we wanted him to be able to get used to me being there um, as part of the family and being a stepmom until we actually tried to have children. And so we used a natural method of avoiding pregnancy. Little did we know we wouldn't have needed to do that. But after a couple of years, then we decided, okay, you know, we'd like to try and uh, get pregnant or we'd like to get pregnant. You know, we did, I didn't even think there would be the word try in there. And then, so, you know, you do what you're supposed to do and it's been a few months and then it's six months and then it's a year. And in my situation, and I think a lot of people, you just, I mean, you go to your regular, regular gynecologist and say, Hey, I'm not getting pregnant. And I think a lot of people, or what was true for me is, you know, doctor, a lot of doctors will say, we'll wait for a year, or here, we'll do a test, or here, we'll try some Clomid and see if that works, right. or reduce your stress. But a lot of those things sound like almost dismissive, you know, or they sound like there's not really a whole lot of knowledge or reason behind them. They're just things that we're going to throw out there and try. Mm. And so that was on the quote unquote medical side of, okay, what's going on? Well, at the same time, I'm me, especially, cause I think it's, I think it's heavier on the woman, um, was emotionally going through hell. Right. And I imagine that some of your listeners can relate to that just monthly disappointment and all the things that come with that, like believing we start, start to make these agreements uh, or I started, and I'll speak for myself. I started making these agreements with myself, like, well, because it hasn't happened yet, what makes me think I'm going to get pregnant this next month, you know, which, and which then starts to become like, well, I've done something wrong, you know, or I'm not good enough, or I need to, whatever it is, insert the more, like, I don't, um, I don't love whatever. I don't love my people enough, or I don't pray enough, or I don't do enough, or I don't, you know what I mean? And so I'm not enough. There's something lacking in me. There's something wrong with me. I think there's all of this emotional stuff that goes in with it. And yeah. I think, you know, it creates a, a lack of living for me. It created a lack of living. Fortunately, I had a husband, my husband really forced us to live as we were going through it. I think if it were just me, I would have holed up for those seven years. Wow. Um, but he, was always the one encouraging us to, we traveled, you know, we, we spent time in Italy, we went to China, um, we ran marathons, which I was always in the back of my mind, like, why am I training for this marathon? Because what if I get pregnant? (laughs) Or, Or, you know, we can't buy these tickets because what if I get pregnant? 
but he was always the one who said, well, then we'll change our plans. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can be, I'm so, so grateful to have had that in the relationship um, because it is so, so hard um, as a woman to go through all of the, the, the crap um, and the, just the, the feelings and how crappy it feels to not be able to do something that you feel that this is what you were created to do. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, I've got three kids myself and I think a lot of women know that's what we're here for. It's to love on, to be moms. I get that. Wow. Yeah, and it doesn't, doesn't mean that you're not going to do other great things in the world, which, you know, in a way I think I had to go through all of that. Um, and I, of course I can look back and, and see the good and see how it brought me to be the person that I am now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something I always hate to hear from people like, you know, there will be good that comes out of this. Um, it's true, but it's always hard to hear that and to actually believe it. Sure. So may I ask, um, why did you and your husband not choose to just go the IVF route or the donor egg or donor sperm? I don't know what the specific issue was, but why didn't you choose the mainstream option that everybody goes to? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in our case, I don't think that we had a doctor say, this is the only option you have left. I was introduced to another possibility before that was the case. So we did have doctors who would kind of do some testing here and there um, and suggest other things to do. We were never, you know, like I said, put, put as that an we never had that option placed in front of us as, as the last thing to do. And we did talk about it a few times and just weren't really comfortable with that level of taking. Um, and I, I don't want this to sound like a judgment of anybody who has gone down this route, but I, I always still, even as, difficult a journey as this to go through and how desperately I wanted to be pregnant and, and have a baby. It's, I still saw it as a gift to receive. Mm. And it felt to me like I would be like reaching out and taking something that was not necessarily being given to me. Does Mm. that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It does. Um, but most people, they, they don't know about other options. Most people, when they go to the doctor and they suffer from infertility, the first thing the doctor tells them is, okay, we'll sign you up with the IVF. So, and it's been a year, so let's get you started on, on IVF. What are the options that you, that you knew about that most people don't know about? Yeah, for sure. So it was about three years um, into our journey, and we happened to move to an area where um, I had heard about something called NAPRA technology um, and that we needed to learn to chart my cycles in a different way in order to 
to see a, this doctor who may be able to help us more. So I just kind of heard about this. And when we sat down with this Creighton instructor, so Creighton is the model um, or the method of charting your cycles and documenting what's going on in the body in Great. order to yeah. use that as a map for their diagnostic testing. I just want to spell, Creighton doesn't, it's not spelled the way people think. It's C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. It's like Craigton almost, but go ahead. So you, right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so it's so interesting after hearing all those things, like I mentioned before, you hearing the doctor say, oh, we'll do this test or we'll try some Clomid or reduce your stress. When we sat down with the Creighton instructor who spent, so this is our first, they call it an introductory session. So this is our first introduction to this charting method. And we sit down and this person spends an hour just talking about how my body's supposed to work. And they actually understood, you know, understood it and communicated in a way that made perfect sense to us. I'm pretty sure I cried. Wow. Because suddenly, you know, somebody who is not being dismissive of the gravity of what's going on here, like, I know this is supposed to work and my body's not working. Somebody who actually lends credence to the fact that, yeah, that it's supposed to work. And if nothing's happening, then something's broken. So let's like freaking figure it out. Right. Right. <laughs> but you don't, like you just healing? don't. Yeah. Ever think about healing the body instead of working around it? Yeah, like just what's you know what's wrong? Let's start with the question of what's wrong, right? And then figure out how to fix it. Wow. So the first, you had to learn how to chart your cycle, or were you already doing that? I was charting using a different method. So we had learned a symptothermal method when we got married um, in order to chart cycles to avoid pregnancy. Okay. So yes, I had, then I had to learn a, a different method, um, which allowed this specific doctor to, uh, to do some targeted testing. Right. Right. Creighton, um, Creighton is a uh, charting, the name of the charting technique and method used by, um, is it Dr. Hilders in the uh, Paul the Sixth Institute? Um, is that the, 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 the resource that I should be sharing with people? Yeah, I think so. And it, it, it all came out of the Pope Paul the Sixth Institute. Okay. Um, What's, what I believe is fascinating, and I, I think people find this interesting, about Creighton and the birth of NAPRA technology is, you know, just to get a little bit of history about these charting methods, if you don't mind. Um, right. So back when the birth control pill came out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give a, a, a brief version of what happened here, uh, but I, I think it's really helpful for people to understand where this is coming from. So the birth control pill comes out, but then there are some religious organizations who, uh, who, who believed that and still believe that uh, contraception is not uh, a good choice or 
um, are healthy for the couple to use in order to avoid pregnancy. And, but they recognize that, hey, people are struggling here because all they have is something called the rhythm method for trying to space their children. You know, people are struggling because they don't have enough money to support five and six and seven and eight kids. Yeah. And then medical technology comes out with something very easy for doing so. And there's not a good alternative. Right. And so at that point, um, you know, these religious organizations called on medical professionals and researchers and said, hey, if we want people to use something better than what is being offered to them, we have to create it. You know, we have to dig in and, um, and give them something that is effective to use. And right. so all of it started with creating um, these modern methods of family planning that can be used to space uh, pregnancies. And it's all based on the, the observations taken from what is going on naturally in the body. So the woman observes what's going on in her body. She charts it down either on paper or in an app. And then she's able to interpret that she or and her uh, her partner and the couple are able to interpret that information and know whether they're fertile or infertile on any given day. Right, right. So what's cool, cool about this then is so so the researchers and medical professionals then have these charts that people are creating, you know, maps of all these different bodies, and then they begin to recognize, hey. The, the things, the unique things that we're seeing on these charts matches up with some of the abnormalities that we're seeing in, in clinical, you know, when people are coming in with things that are wrong in the reproductive system. And so then they, they start to figure out that, hey, they, these maps, these charts are actually giving us information yeah. about things that are wrong inside the body. And so that's when we have these, this medical practice, um, namely not for technology, but it's, it's part of a whole body of restorative reproductive medicine that can be used to restore natural function. That's so helpful. And you know, you're such a pro at explaining all of this, Anna. Um, yeah. And I like to tell, tell women that if they're smart enough to know when they've got a runny nose, they're smart enough to tell when they might be fertile and, and all that information, you know, we're talking about listening to your body and, and knowing what's going on with your body. It's like uh, women ha- have these experiences, but they don't know what it means. And now we're giving them a language, like a coding system, you know, teaching them how to map out these, these messages, if you will, from the body. And that, that message tells a story. And, you know, I have a musical background and, and I tell people like a woman every month she's, she's singing a song and mm-hmm. every, every day the, the, the information that is, is her body is telling her that's like a note in the song. And if you track it, you can, you can see if what's going on with the melody and where to fix the note, you know? Yeah. Can, that's beautiful. And I, I think so. And, and it's a good thing too. It's, it's, um, it, it Anyways, so can you? Absolutely. Yeah. Similarly, I think of it as a language. Mm -hmm. Your body has a a language to communicate um, what's going on inside. And all we need to do is learn how to interpret that. 
Absolutely. So some, some of the names, like one of the, you know, everybody knows the pill, um, but the, there's also, you know, Depo, Provera, IUDs, all these different names for hormonal contraceptives that people may or may, products people may or may not use. But likewise, um, we're talking about natural family planning. We're talking about NAPRO technology, but some other names for this are what? We've got fertility awareness-based method, there's Creighton is one of the methods you mentioned, symptothermal. I, I teach the Billings ovulation method. Um, what are some other things people can go research that you think are really relevant? Yeah, so as we can talk about this as some of the more blanket terms are fertility awareness-based method or fertility awareness methods. There's a little bit of differentiation there because some uh, there's there's a body of methods that um, avoid adding an extra uh, barrier method to times of fertility. And then there's a, another uh, body of methods who, uh, who do use an extra barrier method during a time of fertility. Okay. So, yeah. um, and then and the term fat, natural family planning comes in, which originated more on the, uh, the faith-based side. But those all I mean, essentially mean the same thing. We're talking about methods of charting the data or the information that the body is communicating and then learning how to interpret that um, in a meaningful way. So you, I want to talk about um, something that you are, are offering and well that you run that's that for people who, who want a crash course in all this, you have something, the cycle power summit. Can you tell us about that and um, what it, what it is and how people can, sign up and learn all of this? Yeah. Cycle Power Summit was my crazy idea last year that I <laughs> thought I'd somehow have time for and somehow pulled off. <laughs> so, you know, it is my passion to spread the information about the, you know, the truth and the knowledge about these fertility awareness-based methods and how charting and the combination of, of charting and, um, intervention with restorative reproductive medicine can help in all these different areas for people who are looking for a holistic means of family planning, um, women who are struggling with not getting answers about medical issues like endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, you know, really heavy cycles, all of those things that are often uh, dealt with by prescribing the pill or other hormonal contraception. Yeah. Um, and then others. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I got, I don't know if I got cut off there for a second. You did for a second, but it's okay. Keep going. Okay. Um, you're back. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> that these methods and restorative reproductive medicine are real <laughs> and, um, need to be moved into the mainstream. So that is my big passion. So I'm kind of doing this in two different ways. On the one side, I help fertility awareness instructors um, expand their reach and learn how to market themselves and get more clients. On this other end is the Cycle Power Summit, which is an online conference that allows me to bring together experts in all of these 
different applications of different charting methods and different restorative reproductive medicine techniques and offer all of that knowledge to people around the world. Because this, the, the knowledge of this stuff is not going to happen quickly by the standard means of medical practice. So, right. you know, people ask, why do, why do doctors not know about this? Why have I never heard about this? Right. Well, it's because doctors are not taught about it in medical school. Yep. And that takes a long time to change. And so we can't sit here and beat up on doctors um, saying that, you know, they're, they're malpractice and they're doing all the wrong things because this is how they've been taught to treat these different conditions. And this has been, this is how they've been taught to tell people to space pregnancies. And so we can just go the other direction and start empowering as many women as possible with this knowledge because they can take all this into their own hands and own their own health and fertility and we can work on the doctors at the same time. Yeah, we, great strategy. So cyclepowersummit.com is how people can sign up, get on the waiting list for the, for the next Cycle Power Summit. I'm going to put it in the show notes too, um, because I really believe that peop- this is just probably one of the best resources for people who don't know anything about this to just get plugged in right away and um, learn about these methods because it's all digital, right? It's an it's a online summit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cyclepowersummit.com will be held April 16 to 20 of 2020. And it's free for those five days of access. So it's going to be, it's not all finalized yet, but at least 25 different sessions talking about everything from basic body knowledge all the way to how um, restorative reproductive medicine can be applied in specific situations. So there's a, a ton of information available for free during those five days. That's, that's incredible. So um, I also want to talk briefly about, um, I know that that's where the general audience wants to go, but for people who, who th- they're thinking about becoming um, natural family planning teachers or fertility awareness based method teachers or who already are teachers. Um, I'm a part of your fertility pro business Academy. And so mm-hmm. you've got that going on too, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just we're, and helping to move this into a, a professionally, or I should say a respected profession as a fertility awareness instructor. Um, and I believe that will just help it move forward in a variety of different ways, um, helping the medical, the whole, helping the whole uh, medical atmosphere to begin taking this seriously right. as a profession, um, helping and it like people need to start yeah. defending it from their doctors and nobody's going to learn this without teachers. So how do you, this is, yeah. this is my kind of pain point is, uh, you know, a doctor will charge, $10,000 for an IVF cycle and the failure rate is astronomical. It fails like 76% of the time. So who charges $10,000 for a product that fails 76% of the time? It's just crazy. But, um, but natural family planning teachers notoriously kind of there, it's like a ministry that they barely get paid for. And so I think a lot of people think that, Oh, uh, you get what you pay for. 
And if they're struggling with infertility, they, they want it to work and they want it to work now. And so they're more likely to go to the $10,000 doctor thinking you get what you pay for. It's all this money. It's going to work versus, you know, natural family planning teachers are just pennies on the dollar compared to that. But yet we're struggling to get a lot of clients because either they don't know about us or they're like, well, that's, I don't think that's going to work. That doesn't seem like real. Um, can you speak on that point a little bit about um, uh, the the role of, of money and all this and how it's kind of upside down, like with natural family planning and natural technology, you, ha- you have a, a product or service that is a lot less expensive, but a lot more successful. Yeah. And yeah, you've, you've um, hit it right on the head. I think, you know, this comes out of a religious background. A lot of these fertility awareness methods do, which is not a bad thing and have no problem with that. Um, but they have started out as a, a ministry minded tool. And at the same time, there's, I believe, an erroneous thinking that because something is a quote unquote ministry, that I can't charge a whole lot of money for it. Like somehow that would be wrong um, or unethical. And so what ends up happening is you have these really passionate people who (laughs) want to share this knowledge with the world. And so they're spending, and a lot of them are um, moms with kids, you know, that need to be cared for and uh, spouses who need some attention, but they're spending evenings or weekends on this passion and getting very little back for it. And so what happens in actual practice is passionate people spreading this knowledge of natural family planning, fertility awareness, and they end up burning out. Yeah. And then there's no more teachers because we're all tired and have to work retail. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, if we can back up a little further and realize, well, hey, first of all, just because I'm passionate about something, because I'm passionate about sharing something that is hugely beneficial to the world, why do I think that I shouldn't charge a whole lot of money for it? Mm-hmm. Because, and that doesn't mean that you can't have systems in place to help people who um, don't have the means to afford something, you know, that they would like to, uh, to, to learn something good that we would love to teach everybody. There can always be organizations for that. We can build up scholarship funds and all those other things. But first let's start asking for, um, and presenting a value that is, you know, correspondent, or, or, I'm sorry, asking for the, uh, the, the money and the fees that correspond with the value of what you're offering. Right. right. You know, and demonstrating that this is what this is worth. And like you said, many people are paying X 
$10,000 or whatever for, yeah, for the artificial reproductive technologies. So why wouldn't they pay the same for something that is effective? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a conversation that needs to happen because I, it's if, if if we don't feed the teachers, if the teachers can't actually live and buy groceries and and clothes, then there won't be any more teachers and the information goes away. Exactly. And so then what can you do with I mean, say that, that you were charging the same as, you know, ten thousand um, dollars per client, but you only need. $2,000 to bring home to your family to even have like extra vacations um, and extra things that you want to do. Imagine what you can do with the rest of that money. Right. It can go toward research. It can go towards scholarship funds. Right. Um, it can be poured back into your passion. So now you're able to do a heck of a lot more than you would be able to do in, in the first place when you're charging nothing. Very good point. Um, I want to uh, direct people. We're gonna we're gonna have to close up the conversation soon. But I put a um, like a Google form, a, a questionnaire that I'm gonna link to in the show notes. Um, asking listeners, please take this questionnaire about like how do you how do you imagine yourself paying for a service like this? Like which model, which kind of um, payment plan or price point? seems right for for you if you were going to seek out these services so i have some like options in the questionnaire which i'm going to link to in the show notes i'm also going to link to cyclepowersummit.com so you can um plug into anna's conference her online conference and, and get that information and then if anybody wants to jump into a class with me i teach the billings ovulation method and you can i'm going to put a link to my scheduling link so you can just sign up for a class um, with me online. We'll do it through Zoom. It'll be great. Um, but anything else that you want to add, Anna? I'm just, I'm so am- amazed and impressed with the power and the impact that you're having. You have this amazing ability to communicate clearly, um, connect people, and just get the information out there so elegantly, so gracefully. And your story is just um is such a, a win for humanity and, and your children. I've seen pictures of them. They're just beautiful. I'm so glad they're here. And I know you are too, but they, it really gives us hope. Um, it really gives a lot of people hope. And, and infertility is my big um, conquering it is I'm so passionate about it because, you know, in my family, there was, there was infertility, but they chose to use the donor route and everything. And I talk about how there's problems with that. So thank you for, for your elegant approach to all of this and sharing your information. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or plug before we, we wrap up? Oh, thank you, Alana. Um, I, I don't think so. I think it's fantastic that you have chosen this um, specific thing to dig into. There are so many different facets of this conversation of empowering women to um, understand not only their bodies, but understand their options when it comes to healthcare. Um, and it's just great to see different people digging into, you know, you just digging into your own personal role in this conversation, because they said the best thing that we can do is just begin having conversations together. Um, 
you know, and digging into that. So if there's, if there's one thing that I would tell listeners, if you're not already doing it, just start charting, start charting something. I mean, even if you can't start with an instructor right now, grab an app and just start putting something down. Um, and then, you know, then find an instructor and dig into a, um, a science-based method when you can, but just start trying to understand your body as much as you can, because it's, um, it's a vital sign of health. It's such a fantastic tool, um, for any, for so many different ways. Wonderful. Absolutely. Amen to all that. Well, Anna, enjoy Thailand for me, won't you? And <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Alana. Thank you so much for having me. Oh gosh, it's so it's an honor to have you on the show. So we will be in touch. I can't wait to see you again in the Fertility Pro Business Academy and at the Cycle Power Summit in April. And just keep on keeping on. You're doing such great work. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.